0: Welcome to Grain Talk, a podcast by Grain Farmers of Ontario. I'm Rachel Telford. And I'm
1: Paige Miller. The Grain Talk podcast can be found on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform.
0: In this episode of Grain Talk, I will speak with Paul Hookstra, the new Vice President of Strategic Development for Grain Farmers of Ontario about his first month on the job and his plans for the future.
1: And I will check in with Crosby Devitt, CEO of Grain Farmers of Ontario, for an update on the ongoing work from our organization. First, a Grain Talk news update. Results from the 2020 Ontario Grain Corn, Ear Mould, and Dawn My Toxin Survey were posted to fieldcropnews.com this week. The province-wide survey found 89% of samples tested low, less than two parts per million for Dawn, which is in line with long-term survey averages. Despite this finding, farmers should still remain vigilant and understand management options in fields with higher DAWN concentrations. This yearly survey is conducted by OMAFRA field crop specialists in collaboration with Grain Farmers of Ontario and members of the Ontario Agribusiness Association.
0: Grain Farmers of Ontario will be holding its third Women's Grain Symposium in November as an online event. The symposium will be held as three morning sessions, November 16th, 18th, and 20th. They will cover resilient leadership, mental health, and media relations. This is a great opportunity for female farmer members to gain knowledge and meet and network with other women working in the grain industry while hearing from informative speakers and developing new skills. If you are interested in being involved in this event, please reach out to Mel Rieke, Manager of Member Relations, at mreke at gfo.ca. That's M-R-E-E-K-I-E at gfo.ca or phone her at 226-979-5581. Grain Farmers of Ontario is continuing to adapt
1: its Good and Every Grain Consumer Outreach campaign to meet the needs of families and educators during the COVID-19 pandemic. We have updated our teachers kit resources and increased the availability of our Grade 3 What's Growing On seed cups. The Royal Agriculture Winter Fair is being held as a virtual event next month from November 10th to 14th. Grain Farmers of Ontario is participating with a virtual booth focused on sustainable grain farming. Go to goodandeverygrain.ca for more information on these projects and other resources you can use to help non farmers understand the work you are doing in the fields this fall.
0: And now, here's my conversation with Paul (laughs) Hookstra. Joining us on the podcast today is Paul Hoekstra, the new Vice President of Strategic Development for Grain Farmers of Ontario. Welcome to the podcast today, Paul.
2: Hi, Rachel. Thanks for having me.
0: Now, you've been the VP Strategic Development for officially a month now. How is the job going so far?
2: I, I think it's been going great. Uh... It's been a great month of um, of getting to know the team, getting to know the board. Uh, Day one for me started with a meeting with the board of directors uh, who I found incredibly engaged, very passionate about the future direction of the organization. And and since then, I've spent the last month just really getting to know this truly amazing and talented team that we have here at uh, GFO.
0: Now, how how have you been doing so far this first month? What have you worked on? Any projects or issues that have come up that you've already sort of really started to get involved with?
2: Truthfully, uh, it's amazing about how quickly a month goes by. Uh, A lot of the time has just been spent uh, getting myself uh, up to speed, and onboarding with the organization, uh, understanding some of the really complex issues that uh, Grain Farmers of Ontario and its members are are facing, uh, looking at how best I can support the team where I can, uh, particularly in some of our our key areas where advocacy is needed, uh, such as changes to the clean fuel uh, standard, uh, participation in various industry forums on market access or trade, such as uh, MRLs and plant biotechnology, um, but also to spend some time looking forward to the future, um, understanding where our organization wishes to go, uh, the development of its new strategic plan, uh, and trying to find ways to increase our collaboration with, uh, within our organization, but also with some of our very important partners across Canada. So, But basically, it's been just a lot of uh, getting to know the organization, Getting myself up to speed and uh just getting settled in
0: now, I believe it was day two for you that we had our annual general meeting back in September <laughs> um, so that I guess was a good introduction for you, but it was also the first time we had a virtual online event with with covid nineteen uh you know impacting our ability to have an in person mm-hmm. event um has that been a challenge the the restrictions with covid nineteen starting a new job like this? It was
2: funny. I was just talking to Crosby about that yesterday we were it was one of the hesitations I had potentially of joining a new organization during this during this time was how do you integrate? How do you have those conversations get to know the team but i think I think by and large everybody's really adjusted very well to this new normal and using various tools to to increase collaboration and have have that uh that true open door well electronic door policy where people can reach out at any time to to get things done and to to make sure we're working collectively uh on issues. Uh, but no, I, I think it's we've all sort of settled into this this new habit of uh, virtual world <laughs> that we're in, and uh, yeah, I think it's been it's been quite smooth.
0: Now you joined Green Farmers of Ontario after several years with Syngenta. Can you tell us a little bit about your background?
2: Yeah, sure. So I'll start maybe from the beginning. So I mm-hmm. I grew up on a small farm in uh, in eastern Ontario in, in Tweed, just north of Belleville. Um, I left the farm to to study science at the University of Waterloo, and I, at that time, truthfully, I thought that was it for me in farming. <laughs> which I, which I, you know, you, you, you think back to that, and that's that's kind of a funny a funny thought when you think about how my career has progressed. But um, after Waterloo, I, I completed my doctorate at the University of Guelph within the Ontario Ag College. Uh, I was studying environmental toxicology and really developed a passion for communicating science and working with others to address complex issues. Uh, I followed that up with a postdoctoral appointment with Environment Canada, and then entered the private sector as a as a scientific or uh, lead scientist with an engineering firm in Toronto. Um, at that point, I had the opportunity to rejoin agriculture, and I really uh, I, I leapt for it. I just I missed ag, missed working in, with farmers. I missed uh, you know the whole the whole industry, and that's when I joined Syngenta. Um, and I had a opportunity, as you mentioned up top, to to work for them for nearly 50, over fifteen years at their Canadian head office here in Guelph. Uh, during that fifteen year tenure uh, with the organization, had a number of leadership roles and everything from regulatory affairs to stewardship and issues management to government and industry relations. So really a a full gambit of uh, of topics and areas that I covered over the course of my uh, my career with Syngenta. Um, and then I had the opportunity to to come to Grain Farmers, which I just uh, was so excited for. Uh, really, I'm excited to work with this organization. Um, but me, I guess on a personal note, um, you know, I love the outdoors. I've always loved the environment. I love camping, hiking, and canoeing. Uh, I keep bees as a hobby. And uh, I love to, you know, garden in my my home in Cambridge, where I share with my wife and two young kids. And we're also very passionate about rescue dogs. We have two rescue dogs right now, and uh, yeah, we're just uh, enjoying life in Cambridge right now.
0: What kind of dogs are they?
2: Uh, they're mutts, pure and simple. So one- The best kind one, of The best, kind, the of best, best kind, absolutely, yeah. So one is, um, it, one looks like a greyhound. He's a Siberian sort of uh, sled dog. He was rescued from a, um, uh, a person who had about 40 or 50 such animals on their farm. Um, and he's been with us, Joey. He's been with us for six or seven years. And then uh, we have uh, Florence, who's a, who's a mutt, who's a very stumpy looking like uh, husky, <laughs> husky, husky lab mix. And so she's she came from us. Uh, she came to us from uh, Northern Ontario.
0: Now, keeping bees is interesting, and, and I'm curious how that uh, related with your, your time at Syngenta when that whole, um, you know, issue is coming up with the neonicotinoids and, um, you know, the, the danger to bees and, and, and some of the issues that, you know, as grain farmers, we experienced as well with that. So um, can you just maybe touch a little bit on, on that experience as a beekeeper and then, you know, knowing that the industry was going through um, that issue?
2: So, you know the reason I I I picked that hobby up is you know first of all I've always been uh interested in the environment of, from being a young kid and uh all my hobbies as a as a child. Um you know my dad was planting wildflowers and making areas beautiful on our farm as a as a kid just as for for the sake of an interest and also his loving nature. Um, but I think you know the reason I, I chose that as a hobby um and it truly is a hobby but it, you know I'm not I'm not, <laughs> not a commercial scale at any but any stretch but I, I wanted to become more aware of the challenges that others others face, right? So, uh, to me, if you know if we're going to speak about beekeeping and bee health, well, I need to be able to, to understand the language that beekeepers talk about, and understand the challenges that they face. i would be on a different scale, of um, course, but really wanted to understand the issue, the challenges, and be able to talk talk the talk. And um, and it was incredibly rewarding, you know. To me, that that hobby was was great. I've had my entire family from my kids to my parents, their grand their grandparents involved in all aspects of uh all, all aspects of keeping and managing those hives to harvesting the honey. Um so really it's been it was a great opportunity, a great family event and it's something I, I really enjoy.
0: Do you get stung a lot?
2: I, I I've had my fair share my fair share of stings, uh, that's for sure. <laughs> I've uh I learned beekeeping uh from a from a gentleman out in um in Manitoba. Um, a long time ago, and uh, at the time, he was full of bravado and, and didn't wear a beekeeping suit. So I thought that's the way you're supposed to do it, and I quickly learned oh that I'm goodness. not. I, I am not. I am not that brave, and I, I enjoy being able to. You know, I, I can't have my hands uh, swell up to, to the point that I can't use a keyboard. So I, I've opted to use beekeeping suits for sure and gloves. But uh, it's <laughs> trying to minimize the stings now.
0: Uh, I, well, I think that, that's a, a really interesting side hobby that you have there. That's great. Now, um, what, I, I guess I want to know, uh, bringing it back to Green Farmers of Ontario, um, what did you know about our organization or what was your perception of Green Farmers of Ontario before you started? And did that influence why you wanted to join the team?
2: Absolutely, it did. Uh, I had the privilege of working with uh, a number of members of the organization during my tenure, uh, during my career. And I've always considered uh, Grain Farmers Ontario to be uh, an incredible organization, Uh, has a strong voice of its farmer members, it it effectively uh, advocates for the need of agriculture, not just here in Ontario, but across Canada, has that sort of large scale vision for uh, for what agriculture needs and what what needs what what are the needs of its of its members um, the organization has always been very science and evidence-based in its direction and it's also been very very collaborative it has that collaborative leadership philosophy uh, working with others to get things done and uh, I think just looking at uh, you know what, what GFO Brings to the table uh, every time I've had an interaction with them before joining the organization. I just uh, always always had the the group in such high regard, and uh, so it was just a it was just a, it was a no it was no question for me when the opportunity arose to to join here. It was just uh, too too great of an opportunity to join to to join such a great team.
0: So, how do you think that your previous experience with Syngenta and all of your other experience that you've had, um, how is that going to benefit you in your role with Green Farmers of Ontario?
2: I think my experience over the over the years um you know, I've had the privilege of being involved in a number of different uh issues and involving uh, uh work with organizations across Canada on on complex challenges facing agriculture both societal political uh and I think that sort of uh will help me uh to help help me to help grain farmers um you know everything from science to regulatory to government and political headwinds on uh on those interests that are affecting sustainability, or attitudes of the public, or public trust towards our sector. So I've been heavily involved in those areas. Um, I think as well, the, my my career has had opportunity to lead uh, diverse teams, both within our organization as well as across our agricultural sector. So that's that, that collaborative style that I that I bring. Um, and I think you know, by and large, what I think I try to bring to to any organization is my ability to distill and communicate complex issues and then to work you know, collaboratively with others to find a solution or a path forward. So I think that's, I think my experience just over the last 15 years on a wide variety of topics uh, affecting agriculture will hopefully uh, prepare me well for this role.
0: You mentioned a couple of different issues um, already in terms of uh, the clean fuel standard, um, issues with uh, agronomy obviously, and um, you know, just uh, government relations. What um, do you think is currently the biggest issue facing our farmer members right now.
2: That's a great question. Um would probably be that far from the truth to say if you put 10 farmers in a room you'd probably get 15 different answers on the, what <laughs> what's the number what's the number one issue affecting farming across uh, across Ontario or across Canada. And I think we saw that at our AGM on on day 2 of my uh, of my being the grain farmers. I think farmers are concerned about a number of uh areas and and challenges and uh, to say that there 's any one uh, issue, uh, I think would be very naive to consider considering the complexity of um, of what the challenges facing facing farmers here in Ontario and I think at the AGM we saw a number of areas and resolutions on on a wide variety of topics, everything from you know business risk management to clean fuel standards we talked about uh, crop insurance, public trust, uh, developing of export markets, new technology, research that farmers need to help grow the best crop and to make their crop, make their operations as sustainable and as, as efficient as possible. So I think, you know, there's a, a wide variety of, of areas for us to focus on. And part of the challenge we have here at Grain Farmers, I think this collectively as an industry, is really identifying those areas to focus on and identifying which areas we can make a positive impact with the resources and time we have.
0: So given that long list of issues that uh, the industry is dealing with, what is on your to-do list for the rest of the year? What are you going to be focusing on over the next two and a half months?
2: To simply put, I mean, it's really to listen and to learn. Um, you know, I want to continue to develop my understanding of the issues facing grain farmers and its members. Uh, I want to help the organization to develop its new five-year strategic plan. That's something we'll be working uh, internally here and also with our, our board. Um, and any sort of, in addition to that, or complementary to that, will be the development of any related organizational targets, such as sustainability goals or productivity goals that we have or, or for, for, for the industry to help support future growth. Uh, look to continue to enhance our cross-functional collaboration among our team and within our organization, as well as how do we look to find opportunities to engage with our industry partners to advance our common interests. Um, but I think as well, part of this is looking to how, how best can we you know, look for opportunities to, to tell our story, uh, to tell our story with our members and to provide information to them uh, that will be of value to their farm and to advocate for their needs uh, on the same. So to me, it's, you know, it, it, a month has gone by so fast. Um, I'm sure the next two will go by just as quick. But really, it's to lead really to learn and listen uh, from, our, from our great team that we have here and really start plotting that course for the future.
0: What about that long-term future? What sort of goals are you thinking for each of the department under your leadership, which is, you know, have you have quite a large uh, area of responsibility in terms of communications, market development, research, agronomy. Um, can you maybe break it down a bit in terms of what are those like sort of long-term visions?
2: You know, first, I just want to say that I'm incredibly fortunate to be part of a great, highly functioning team that's very well respected across the province and, and Canada. You know, I think, Grain farmers' vision, you know, to drive Ontario grain industry to be a global leader, to be a preferred supplier, if you will, in a, you know, profitable and sustainable growth for its members is very much at its core in everything our group wishes to do. Um, So I think my goal is really to find ways to support the efforts of the team. This team is fantastic and the organization itself. So I want to find ways for us to work together to achieve this. Uh, So while I'm still getting to know the team and the priorities, I think. A couple of things come to mind to me. From a, we have four groups within uh, strategic development. We have R and D, we have agronomy, market development, and, and communication. So I think when I take a step back and look at the thirty thousand foot view of of each of these groups, I think a couple of things come to mind. Uh, first, from a research and development side, which is really core to making sure we have got modern farming tools and information to our farmers is really ensuring that our that the research we have is being conducted, it's funded, it's being supported, and that infrastructure is available to help advance the interests and productivity of the farmers in Ontario. So making sure we've got the right research being done with the right people and the right level of investment uh, across the board. Uh, from an agronomy side, uh, I look at that function and really wanna make sure that the voice of the farmer and you know how farming is actually done is reflected in the various working groups that often peer up uh, pop up across the province, right? So making sure that GFO's voice is, and how farmers uh, farm is reflected and being very strategic on uh, where and how we put our time and resources in that, in that space, but also making sure that that agronomy information is being translated from research to our members. Uh, from market development, um, it's got a great team there. And I think that sustainability and market access will only Continue, the importance of sustainability and market access will only continue to grow in the coming uh, months to years and uh, the future. So I think it's, it's going to be an instrumental part of our, our strategic plan and look, look forward to working with the team to ensure that the current and future needs of our sector are supported and proactively uh, addressed. Um, and lastly, on the communication side, uh, you know, to me, with the corporate affairs background, I think storytelling is key. Uh, And looking for ways for us to ensure that we're keeping our members informed, that we're supporting our advocacy efforts, especially in the digital space, and also looking for ways for us to participate um, in the conversation on public trust. So I think those take a step back. It's a great, uh, like I said at the top, it's a great, amazing team, highly functional. So I'm just looking for ways to to pull this together, um, have us all working together. And driving ways to support the strategic growth of uh, the organization and its members
0: now on that topic of public trust um what what do you think I guess is the the biggest challenge to developing public trust or that with that disconnect with between farmers and consumers
2: I think there's lots i mean this is my own personal view on this, but I think um we we talk a lot, but we don't actually listen often. And I think we need to really understand and 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 really maybe reflect on where the consumer is coming from, and and how do we tell our story in a way that's meaningful and impactful based on what their perspective is. You know, I, I mean, us us just talking about what we think is important may not resonate with them. So I think it's trying to find that common ground. And I really like what what Grain Farmers has done in that space, being a little more more active than other other organizations in this in this realm of telling our story talking about what it means um what farming means not just to to food but also society jobs and all the all the like so i i think it's just trying to find that bridge to the public and finding that common ground
0: now i want to go back and talk a little bit about um you know, having a career in agriculture, because you mentioned early on that, you know, you're, you started your career sort of outside of ag after, you know, living on a farm growing up. So, you know, why did you want to have a career in agriculture? And and do you think that was the right choice? Now looking back?
2: Absolutely. You know, I, I, I couldn't imagine my career uh, anywhere else. Um, you know, agriculture, to me, you know, it, it really is nothing more, nothing more represents Canada than than agriculture, uh, you know, we, our nation has an abundance of riches: our land, our people, our environment, uh, and and to me, agriculture just brings it all together. Um, you know, not only, not only is that the uh, the backbone of of small towns across our province, it really is the building block of our economy. Uh, it's the, what is it the largest largest component of the manufacturing sector is related to agriculture and and, and agri food. So I think it's a it's a key part of not just where Canada is, but where we can go, and agriculture has the opportunity to drive uh, Canada's economy, um, especially in this post-COVID world that we hope to be living in very soon. So, of course, and that also goes beyond uh, saying the, the importance that the, the important role that Canada plays in terms of feeding the world. So, I think you know, if you think of, I can't think of any greater or or, or uh, rewarding goal than working in agriculture. And personally speaking, when I drive the roads through the countryside to come to work, you know, and I, and I see the harvest coming off the field this time of year or the crops being planted, I, I can't think of anything more important, more visceral than that. So I, I think it's been a, a wonderful career and I'm so glad that I that I had the opportunity to come back to agriculture uh, when I did.
0: Now with the January district meetings this year, taking a virtual um turn you're not going to be able to meet with our farmer members like you typically would during during that time period so um how can farmer members connect with you you know you're new on the job uh, can they follow you on twitter can they reach out to you what what would you suggest
2: yeah i'm i'm on i'm on twitter but i'm also uh, i mean first of all uh, you know having having a, a meeting virtually is obviously not ideal it's not the preferred route by by anybody uh, but I think it's the best route based on the situation and circumstances we're dealing with right now. Um, and so I think, uh, I, I do, I will be missing that opportunity to meet with uh, farmers face to face and members face to face, but, uh, always welcome a phone call or, or email. Um, happy to have a conversation or a virtual cup of coffee by anybody to understand what their issues are, or just to even hear how, how things are going in their perspective on, on issues. Um, but I, I'm available on, on Twitter dr. Paul Hookstra or at dr. Paul Hookstra, I guess um, if you wish to follow me there and um, but also, like I said always always available by phone or by email as well
0: well I want to thank you for spending a few minutes of your time with us today uh, I think it was great to get to know you a bit and, and understand a bit more about the future direction for grain farmers of Ontario uh, thank you for joining us today
2: oh thank you Rachel appreciate the time <laughs>
0: Joining us
1: this week on the podcast is CEO of Grain Farmers of Ontario, Crosby Devitt. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Paige. So it's harvest time across Ontario, which is quite different from last year, seeing as in some areas soybeans are done, um, and actually in some places corn is starting to get harvested. So how is harvest going for you? Well, it's an exciting time of year uh, at harvest, and uh, yeah, huge progress
3: across the province on soybean harvest. over the last uh, couple of weeks, there's been some windows of opportunity to get the crop off. Uh, I was thinking, you know, anyone that was driving around uh, outside of the city or around countryside this past Thanksgiving weekend saw a lot of combines rolling. And I think there would have been a lot of a lot of turkey dinners eaten in combines and tractors this, uh, this past weekend, which is great.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like things are going well just generally across Ontario. Um, and it seems kind of like every aspect is busy with work and on the farm. Um, So just a little bit, I wanted to touch a little bit on the BRM campaign that's going on. Can you tell me a little bit about the uh, partnership that's going on between Producteur de Grains de Québec and then Atlantic Grains Canada?
3: Yeah. So you would have seen over the last many months, uh, GFO and other farm groups across Canada have been been advocating to our federal governments and our provincial governments to put uh, better uh, backstops in place to support farmers through tough times and uh, that is continuing and over the last couple of weeks we've come together with the atlantic grains council and uh, pgq and quebec um, to combine forces for a new advertisement that's running on social media and on radio across eastern canada and it really just points out to the fact that uh, the time is now for our federal government to step up and help farmers and we're we're aligned and we've got a good solid proposal that uh provides that backstop should it be needed and it's it's ready to go and there should be no barriers to making making that happen right now
1: i guess the government relations side is is quite busy um especially with with the brm campaign but a a little bit more specifically the clean field standard can you tell me a little bit more about why that's important for our farmer members and and what that story is i guess
3: yeah definitely so the clean fuel standard is a is a uh, federal government proposal um, that would essentially you know as proposed it's not in place it's a proposal right now and we're expected to see some regulation around it but um, it the impact to grain farmers and uh, farmers across canada would be how it enables or doesn't enable biofuels to be uh, a big part of the fuel mix uh, going forward and so uh, GFO and other groups are very strongly in support of of biofuels as a as a solution to climate change challenges, but also you know direct emissions. We know it 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 uh, uh, reduces emissions. There are some challenges that we've heard um, from. What's in the current clean fuel standard proposal, and that's where the those concerns have been raised by GFO members, and we've evaluated it, uh, been in dialogue with Environment Canada, who is uh, who is leading that uh, that proposal, and made it very clear that uh, some areas around reducing the ability for farmers to farm land um, in certain areas, but also to improve their land, is really not acceptable. So uh, we've made that clear. Um, We think that uh, what we've put forward is very logical and enabling for both farmers, but also uh, to achieve the goals that they're trying to do and reduce emissions and greenhouse gases. So um, we're watching that closely, uh, talking closely uh, with farmers to understand their concerns and what impacts might be and bringing that to government.
1: Yeah, so it's definitely, it seems it's it's quite an important piece of, uh regulation that's going out there and and the standard itself. Um, Yeah, so it's definitely interesting to hear about it.
3: Yeah, like the, uh, you know, and just thinking about that, right? uh, You know, corn based ethanol is a major industry in Ontario and across Canada. It's it's the biggest source of biofuels in in the country. And it's been a real success story. Uh, You know, corn produced locally, going into local plants, and ethanol coming out, going into our vehicles locally is a great story for everybody. And, uh, you know, we want to keep that ability to do that. It's become a big part of the fabric of, uh, you know, Ontario and Canadian agriculture. Uh, the byproducts uh, provide feed for livestock in the form of distiller's grains. It's a you know, we, talk, we hear a bit about, you know, circular economies and circular things. You know, this is a perfect example of that. And so it's important to keep it going.
1: Yeah, for sure. Especially if everybody's trying to buy local and stay local. well, This is definitely local or as local as it can get. So, yeah, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Um, I hope you have a great
3: rest of your week. Yeah, thanks, Paige. I, you know, I guess it's uh, important. We're still in the middle of harvest here. Corn's just getting started, and I, you know, I want to wish everyone a a healthy harvest season. Uh, we know with with COVID, there's different protocols on the farm, and you know, delivering grain. And uh, so far, things have gone, you know, despite the challenges. So far, we've been able to get get uh, crop to market here this fall, and we really want to see that continue. So. Uh, so good luck and best wishes to everybody uh, as as harvest carries on.
0: Thank you for listening to our Grain Talk podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. For more ways to connect with us, including the latest webinar, market report, and our e-newsletter, go to gfo.ca slash grain talk. A special thank you to our guests this week, Paul Hookstra and Crosby Devitt. If you'd like what you've heard today,
1: please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And remember, five-star reviews help us grow our audience.